the nightmare began with Silent Night, Deadly Night. Need a ride, Santa Claus? Oh, no, not exactly. But it isn't over yet. In fact, the ultimate nightmare is about to begin all over again. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. All Ricky ever wanted was a little kindness. Very, very naughty. And all he ever got was pain. She was naughty. Now he wants revenge. And this time... Garbage day! He's going to get it. Step by step, weapon by weapon. Victim by victim. The terror's coming home, and he's all grown up. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. I've got a present for you! Terrifying suspense shocker you've been waiting for. Last time it threw you. This time. Bingo! It'll kill you. Silent Night Releasing Corporation presents. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamie. We're also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Del Vecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Question for you, Ant. Yes. How many mo- how many episodes in are we? This is episode sixty one. Sixty one. So would you say our, our our friendship has deteriorated since that since episode one to now? I'm gonna look on the positive. It survived. It survived. We're still doing this okay. podcast for after sixty one episodes. Like, do, do you like when you're getting ready to to record? You're like, oh, not these schmucks again. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that to your face. Oh, okay. You're a good guy. Hi, <laughs> hi everyone. How are we doing tonight? Uh, say hello, Mark, too. Hey, I'm just glad it's not garbage day. <laughs> or is it? Yes. Oh, no. Every day is garbage day. <laughs> this week we are stepping into Christmas. November is over. Uh, no nut November is over. So we are fully drained oh, shit, guys, and ready. I need five minutes. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta and catch up, right? We are in the right headspace now. And we're talking Christmas. And what better way to start off the Christmas season than watching Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part Two? Guys, uh, what what are you what going into this? Where are you coming from with Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part Two? I didn't know it existed. Uh, I had watched the first movie at your house, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and that movie was pretty terrible. Yes, but. I think this is one of the cases where the sequel outshines the original. Yeah. Mark? Yeah, I, I remember seeing the first movie, but I don't remember, didn't remember anything about it. So the first part of this movie was great for, for me. Um, but yeah, this I was I was entertained throughout this entire movie, which is 
Um, not what I was expecting going in, um, especially with sequels to already forgettable movies. Um, but they do a good job in certain scenes to um, balance between the, you know, horror uh, moments and the, you know, laugh light moments. Um, I don't know if they meant to do that, <laughs> but it occurs and I am grateful for it. Yeah. So when deciding to do this movie, uh, I found that it popped up on Amazon Prime as like something that just got put up on Amazon Prime. Um, and then what, before I watched it, I was thinking the first one would be such a great one I to, to also do. I hope it makes sense that we're doing the second one instead of the first one. Luckily for us, the first 40 fucking minutes of this movie is basically watching the first movie at one and a half speed. <laughs> so what are you, you're saying is that Jeff Bezos listens to the podcast. Uh, he's looking out for us at the very least. He's not paying his taxes, but he uh, he's looking out for us, the little yeah. guy. God <laughs> bless him. Um, so, yeah, so it's like it, this this watching this movie and, and covering this movie is like covering two movies in one because first 40 minutes is complete archival footage of the first one. I love the first one and mostly because there is one of the greatest montages in the history of cinema smack dab in the middle of that one uh, with one of the most ridiculous sitcom-y songs of all time. Uh, Dan, it's the warm side of the door. You remember that montage? Yeah, it, it has no place in that movie. <laughs> Yeah. It's um, it's so out of place. Yeah, it's when he it's when he gets his job at the toy store, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like a I'm go he's going to work sort of life is turning around sort of montage for him. Starts so he drinks milk. He doesn't drink alcohol when he uh, drink when he uh, has lunch and all that stuff. I might even put that song at the end of this podcast just so people could get the uh, the full breath of it's always Christmas on the warm side of the door. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't put that in this movie, to be yeah, honest. They put everything else in. Very disappointed that as much as they showed of the first one, they didn't put the best part in there. Um, they put a lot of great parts of it uh, from the first one in there. Made sure that they got all the nudity in there. Yep. <laughs> uh, and all the kills. Even things that Ricky shouldn't know happened. Uh, <laughs> right, like when he, he breaks in to the uh one girl's house and hangs her on the the deer the deer's head yep yeah okay. he wouldn't have known that he shouldn't know about that he shouldn't about the shouldn't know about the cops almost killing the one santa the the father dressed as santa claus right daddy um, almost got a present early <laughs> yeah, yeah is he is he just describing everything that happened to the doctor at that point right <laughs> super creepy yeah um so uh you guys mentioned a little bit um so what did you think about this movie? Oh, man. At first, I really hated it because Eric Freeman, who plays Ricky Caldwell, the brother of Billy from the first movie, he's in a psychiatric ward. But he he comes off when he's speaking to the psychiatrist. He comes off as like a big bully. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd like that, wouldn't you, Doc? And like, oh, am I wasting your time? And he, he's he's comes off as like a terrible actor but then yep. when he when he goes into telling the story of silent night deadly night he sounds he sounds good like he does the line re- reading very well so i couldn't really pinpoint what was going on like why he was slipping from 
decent to terrible. Mm-hmm. But basically, the first 40 minutes are awful, in my opinion. It's really hard to, to watch because, it's again, it's just a clip show at that point. Yeah. But once it kind of goes into Ricky's story, it really ramps up for me. I started to really enjoy it. There's a lot of laughs to be had in this film. And uh, I, I look forward to talking about some of them. I'm sure we're going to hit on, obviously, the more uh, prominent ones. Yep. But there was a couple that I saw that were pretty good. Okay. Yes. So maybe I enjoyed the first 40 minutes a little bit more than Dan, just because I didn't have as much of a memory of the first movie. So I didn't know exactly what was going to happen mm-hmm. in all those flashbacks. So, you know, I was, um, you know, invested a little bit more than probably right. somebody that has a bigger memory of it. Um, and also by a midway point, I just, I was just really hoping that they got that sister um, at some <laughs> point. It's just like, oh, Mother Superior. Oh, Mother Superior, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Mark's Catholic school upbringing is kind yeah. of <laughs> He, he wasn't the only one. I'm, I, I, I'm with Mark on that one. I was hoping that she would get her comeuppance as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, the, I love the, for some reason, I really love the, all the interactions in the jail cell or wherever he was. Mm-hmm. I thought those scenes were really good. Okay. In, in terms of, um, there was, there were times when he would play into it, but I sort of just played that off as, you know, the 80s, you know, sort of cool guy attitude vibe and not really understanding, you know what makes those scenes good, but all the little stuff, like when he pops up next to the doctor and the mm-hmm. one scene is real well oh, done. The that's, whole, that's one of my funny, funniest parts. And, and the whole just nonverbal stuff with the guard is oh, great. Yeah. Cause he's the only one that like, he knows what's going down. And he yeah. gives him like the Matumbo. Yeah. No, <laughs> the, the, the finger uh, wag. Like, all, all that stuff did a lot of good to me. Um, storytelling about Ricky before you even got to Ricky's story. Gotcha. Like, you sort of got an idea of what his part of the movie was going to be. Um, I was just waiting the whole time for the turn. Like, what was the turn for him? Gotcha. Um, in, in, the, in the movie. Um, and oh. so, so, you know, I really enjoyed it. I was invested the whole time. Um, I, it's kind of good that it was 120. I think it's like an hour 20, you know, the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have drug a little bit longer. I think yep. I think the shorter time period is what kept the the pace and and the um, attention on my end going. But yeah, I, I did I did enjoy the movie a good bit. Okay. You know what I want to know? Yeah. Why are the Why are Ricky and Billy so supernaturally strong? Yeah, I don't know. Right. They're just both just beefcakes, right? I guess. Well, <laughs> well, well, Ricky is actually pretty jacked, right? Yeah. He looks like a big dude. But Billy kind of looks just like a regular guy. He's and very tall. I guess that that's basically it. He's a plus sixer. Yeah, he is a for, plus sixer. Sure. He might be six, he might be like a mega sixer. He might be like six plus six four. You think so? He might be. He's okay. pretty tall. So, yeah, when they're doing <laughs> the flashback, he he's in the toy store in the uh I guess in the back. And one of the employees is getting ready to uh, assault a woman. And Billy kind of comes to her rescue. We find out not really. But he yeah. lifts the guy up with one hand. Yep. And that guy wasn't small. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he he was able to string him up with one hand. It was pretty impressive. 
<laughs> yeah, these guys are superhuman. Uh, yeah, this movie is directed by Lee Harry, who really didn't do much else. He direct he edited trailers mostly. Besides this, uh, stars Eric Freeman, James Newman, Elizabeth Caton, Gene Miller, and Linnea Quigley yeah. as a as an appearance as the girl that gets uh, impaled on the antlers from the first I, one. I thought she looked familiar. So this is our second Linnea Quigley movie. Movie. And uh, both both times she gets naked. Yeah, I think yeah. she had to, right? Yeah. I feel yeah. like I feel like like eighty percent of the movies that she starred in between probably like eighty four and ninety five, she was probably naked in. Yeah, I mean yeah. listen, it definitely helps the movie. Yeah. Well, it I, does not hurt. Has an IMDB rating of three point seven, a rotten tomato score of fourteen, uh budget of a hundred thousand dollars, box office a hundred and fifty four thousand. I made its money back. Yeah, depending on uh, how much they spent on advertising. True. Um, yeah, this movie's wild. Uh, I could spend probably an hour dissecting the garbage day sequence. <laughs> yeah. It's easily the the centerpiece of this film. Um, I think I agree with Dan a little bit. It, the first 40 minutes, as much as I appreciate getting to see Silent Night, Deadly Night all over again, it does kind of drag for me. Because it's it's just a it's something that I've seen before. It's literally a retelling of it, um, so it it goes on for a little bit longer than necessary. Especially the fact that it, he's supposed to be telling his story and he's just telling his brother's story in yeah. terms of the, the the narrative of this film. Um, but yeah, no, I this movie uh, once was once he once he starts telling his story, there's so many parts of it where you just you just crack up between. Obviously, Garbage Day we mentioned, and then the scene before that where he runs over the dude. Uh, <laughs> right, and it's just like super casual. Yeah. Everything he does is very casual in this movie. Yeah, it's like he, there's no sense of urgency. Nope. Uh, <laughs> it's just just him having a great old time, laughing to himself. <laughs> I, I will say he has the worst laugh I've ever heard in movie <laughs> history. The way he laughs to himself is... It's very sarcastic. Like yeah. it's like Rocket Raccoon's laugh in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Right when when Quill is like, oh, that's not a real laugh. It's a real uh, laugh. So yeah, the, the entire time he's he's just shooting people, going ha 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 ha. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs a lot to himself. Uh yeah. This this one's this one's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I'm ready to get into the plot. At yeah, this yeah. Point. yeah. Sure. Let's do yeah. it. Uh, before we do, we're going to take a step back and uh, listen to a uh, message from a friend of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey, everyone. This is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. All right, it's time to get in the plot for Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 from 1987. As we mentioned, it starts off with basically an archival... uh, or retelling of the first one, but we get kind of a framing device. We start off in a plain room where we meet Ricky, the younger brother from the first film, 
It was an inmate at a mental institution. An orderly comes in to set up a, a audio recorder, and he's uh, got his eye on uh, on Ricky, and he has fewer lines than Anna Paniquin does in The Irishman. Um, <laughs> so he leaves, and the doc comes in, and he's there to get Ricky's full story. And start okay. at the very beginning, um, when his parents were killed. Now, one question is... Is this like, a, would this be considered product placement for, I don't know if you guys even noticed this, for Radio Shack? Or were they just so prominent then that, you know, that was the easiest tape recorder to get? I probably feel like the cheapest. Yeah. yeah, it was probably like, uh, we're not going to bother to obscure these uh, logos. Because there's a Miss Piggy in, in Silent Night, Deadly Night. I'm sure they didn't get uh, Henson money for that. Yeah, and the Toy not. Story stuff. But it was just funny seeing a business that's basically, I guess it's completely out of business now. I feel like there's a handful in the world. Is it like the blockbuster in Alaska? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Um, So the doc, uh, he wants to get Ricky's full story. And he's like, how are your, who killed your parents, Ricky? And Ricky begrudgingly says Santa Claus did. And then we get full force into this retail, this archival footage. We see his parents get murdered by Santa Claus, including uh, an almost rape of his mother right before his very eyes, as well as his older brother, Billy. And basically, uh, Ricky is an infant at this moment, so anything that he learned from this, he had to be told by Billy. I just I just love the potential balls of this uh, killer, is that he's going to he's gonna rape this woman in the middle of a highway. Yeah. You know, just... There's bushes aplenty around. And he's just like, I'm just going to do it right in the middle of this highway with these two car lights right on me. Yeah, I mean, and he seems to be improvising. Like, I yeah. don't know what his... Like, <laughs> if I remember correctly, his car actually might break down in the first one. Yeah. So his plan is just to get a car, but then he's like, well, while I'm here, yeah, might as well, as well rape somebody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, when in Rome, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. So Billy grows up to have a fear of Santa Claus, uh... Billy and Ricky wind up in an orphanage and Billy cannot stop getting in trouble with mother superior all the time. And every time he gets into trouble, she beats the shit out of him, uh, including yeah. uh, go ahead. these women are the worst. Well, I mean, not these mother superior is terrible because she keeps like feeding into his paranoia of Santa because mm-hmm. Ricky brings up how Billy hated Christmas rightfully. So, yeah. So he keeps getting scolded for his hatred of it so i i know i guess it's the old stereotype that nuns were very harsh mm-hmm. but i can't imagine they know that a santa claus murdered his parents right yep there's no way that these these nuns would be that harsh yeah i mean it's probably in the the story of the movie it's probably 19 set early 1970s yeah. psychiatry wasn't a big thing wasn't prominent back then especially not psychiatry as uh, prescribed by uh, mother superiors everywhere but make no mistake mother superior is the villain in both of these movies yes. she's awful <laughs> yeah um, she's, she's trying to you know it's all about discipline and right. punishment and probably the lord Yep. You know, we we never hear anything about God in both of those movies. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's very it's, it's all about punishment and repentance mm-hmm. and I, being disciplined and. I think the closest we get is she calls the parade sacrilege, 
Yeah. Dis- yeah. At the end of this movie, but yeah. Disgraceful. Yeah. Yeah, she turned that the parade on just to just to shit on it. Um, yeah. So and one of the times include one of the times he gets disciplined. He catches a couple of teens having sex, and then he gets the belt for it. Talking about she, you know, just drumming home about who get di- people that are naughty get disciplined, and they're gonna be disciplined, and so will he because he's being naughty too because he left the room. Just love saying the word naughty. Yeah. So at this point, Mother Superior inadvertently puts an overactive morality center in Billy. In Billy, um, he tries to escape sometimes, and she ties him to the bed. Billy punches out Santa Claus at one point. He decks him real good. Gets him right in the fucking face. <laughs> which, which he probably deserved. Yeah. He seemed like a pretty bad Santa. Yeah. Um, at this point, uh, the doc in the room he has to change the tape. That's when we jump ahead to when Billy gets older. He's now 18. He's out of the orphanage. Uh, Ricky is still there. Um, he's working at a toy store, which in which they force him to dress up as Santa Claus. And this is where we've skipped over the best part of the first film, that montage in the middle, which is is just glorious. If you if you have a chance to look it up, look it up. Silent Night, Dead of the Night montage, warm side of the door. You might be able to find it through there. Uh, it's great. And there's a. Uh quick flash of a uh, reference to Masters of the Universe in this. Yes. Yeah, there's like stickers in the background, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that. That was, uh, I'm sure they definitely did not get nope. uh, uh, permission to use them. Yeah. It, it's just funny how everyone keeps forcing him to confront Santa Claus. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think if you're going to do, again, like Anthony was saying, it's the early 80s at this point, maybe mid 80s. So, yeah, psychology wasn't up to snuff. But I'm, I'm pretty sure common sense would tell you, like, hey, listen, let's try to keep him away from Santa Claus as much as possible. Let's not get him a job where he is Santa Claus. Right. Yep. So right right as he has a job at the toy store, they immediately put him in the Santa costume for the kids. And he freaks the fuck out over it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He's Total not a good Santa. Yeah. He grabs one girl and just says, you're being naughty, <laughs> discipline, <laughs> Which severely. You, you can't get naughty away children. with now. Yeah. You definitely couldn't get away with that. <laughs> naughty children are disciplined severely. Yeah. Uh, Pretty quick. <laughs> uh, then at the after party, everybody gets drunk. The old man and the older woman, they get super plastered. Billy gets a little bit drunk. And there's a couple that they go back in the back of the warehouse to fuck. Billy gets drunk and he just decides to mosey on in the back. I believe in the story he was kind of sweet on the girl, but she had and that other dude was kind of like a the sleazy playboy of you know as much as he I can think, be in a toy I, store. I think only one of them wanted to fuck back there. Yeah, from that scene. So now, am I am I off base here when Billy kills that guy? What you know, obviously wrong, but he was getting ready to assault her. And she just acts like he's the worst person in the world, Billy. You're the worst, you, you freak. And then she's like beating him up or whatever. Like, don't you think she'd be like, oh, thank you for saving me? Or I, I don't. Well, I mean, he I, did kill someone. I think, yeah, I think that's like, oh, you didn't have to fucking kill him, you asshole. Yeah. Well, yeah. now I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but we have two polar ends of the spectrum yep. in this movie with that, with someone getting nearly. Uh, sexually assaulted and two totally different reactions to it. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. But yes, as a matter of fact, as your point, you're making your point, uh, does come up uh, later on in this movie. Um, so from there, we um, he gets so he goes to the back to see what they're up to, and he catches the guy starting to try and rape the girl. Uh, kind of mirrors the rape and murder of her his mother. And Billy freaks out, strangles the guy with Christmas lights with one hand, as, as Dan mentioned. And then uh, she freaks out that he killed the guy, so he stabs her with something. I'm not sure. A pair of scissors, maybe? Um, yeah, I couldn't quite make it out. He grabs something yeah. something off the shelf and just stabs her. And then the, the owner goes to the back, and he gets killed with a hammer. And then the older lady goes back. <laughs> it's just kind of like... Everybody just going going to the slaughter. Just walking through that door. It's like, all right, well, it's time to kill this guy. It's time to kill this woman. So she chase ensues with the older woman. He chases her around the store. Uh, she grabs an axe, tries to use the axe against the window, but before she can, he shoots her with an arrow. Which that's apparently that's there a are good arrows. <laughs> there are arrow, full fledged arrows in this toy store. <laughs> we cut. I mean, this was the error of lawn darts were still allowed. That's true. So, That's true. Yeah. Uh, so then we get a scene in some random people's house. This is where Linnea Quigley gets naked. Um, they almost fuck on a pool table, but she leaves to go to the kitchen. And that's when he breaks in and then he picks her up and impales her on a pair of deer antlers on a, uh, you know, a bust or what would you call it? the head of a deer? Oh, a mounted head. Yeah. A mounted head um, in the den. And then uh, the guy that looks kind of looks like William Zapka goes to see what's going on. And he takes a really long time to realize that she is hanging on there. He walks right past her. I was going to say, this guy was totally clueless. <laughs> the, the door is busted in and he has no sense of urgency. He's like, whoa, what happened? You know, like, she better kinda... not be playing with me. Right. This better not be some kind of joke being a Quigley. Uh, one thing I one thing I wanted to mention is just how incredible all the art in the uh, yes. in this particular house is. There's a huge picture of uh, the tiger. The tiger. Yes, I want that one. <laughs> it's just it's just a, uh, so much art in that in that small ass house. It's amazing. Uh, but that one particularly. Um, so then he starts fighting the William Zapka guy. And he gives him a little bit of a run for his money. He kind of holds his own for a little bit. Tries to call the cops. Doesn't work out. Um, he calls he the manage- operator. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so she tells him you got to call 911. <laughs> <laughs> like, can't you just make the connection for us? I don't remember how uh, 1980s phone calls work. But... I, mean, I was going to say, I didn't think 911 was around yet at that point, but I yeah. guess it was. No idea. Um but he, he manages to kick him in the dick before he uh, ultimately gets thrown out the window. Um, and then the cops are in full force trying to find guy dressed as Santa Claus. They almost shoot a guy dressed as Santa Claus as he's trying to uh, surprise his daughter in a room. Which, again, how does Ricky know this happened at all? <laughs> also, that's a pretty terrible idea for that father. I mean, that's kind of creepy. It is a little creepy. To Sneaking just like, through your daughter's window. In a, with a ladder. Right. Uh, and dressed as anything, even just dressed as yourself, is just really creepy. 
If I were I the mean, cops, I, think I would have shot him on sight. I think any dress as anything other than Santa Claus is infinitely more creepy than any than Santa Claus. That's yeah, I, I would say maybe Santa is the least creepy. Yeah. If you're going to sneak into someone's room, but it's still pretty high up on the creepy list. Like, yeah. it doesn't excuse it. Right. You just... You just set up something where she could hear you rummaging around downstairs, and she comes down and yeah, sees and she, perfect. Oh, yeah. And she instantly knew it was her father. Yeah. Right. So, that was bad job on dad there. Well, good job for the cops for not shooting him, because as you know, that that has a tendency to happen, uh, especially in this movie too. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, one time in the movie, right? Or does it happen a couple times? I think it only happens once. Once. There is one time where somebody that shouldn't get killed gets killed by the cops. And then someone uh, who should get killed doesn't get killed. Right. Uh, and then Billy goes on the run, starts hiding from the cops uh, to conti- as he continues his rampage. We got two uh, adults uh, look- looking to sled down a slight incline using uh, some, some bo- uh, bob sleds. But then they get bullied out of their sleds. Yeah, and the, the bullies start to, to sled down the hill, the slight incline. 80s bullies were their own breed, man. But they're yeah. all, like, th- in their 30s. Yeah, they, they did look much older. Uh, so the bullies go down the hill, and Ricky, and not, and not Ricky, Billy, decides that uh, he's, uh, this guy's a bad guy, he's naughty, so he gets an axe and decapitates one of them. And that, <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts. When the head rolls down the hill? Yeah, yeah but it was just... Billy pops out and just yells naughty and then <laughs> decapitates the guy. Yeah. Uh, but Billy's making his way back towards the orphanage to settle the score with Mother Superior, essentially. Um, so kids are at the orphanage. They're all playing with their toys that they got on Christmas. Um, they're expecting Santa later. One kid violently shaking a Miss Piggy that I just wanted to point <laughs> out. Uh, and then Santa shows up and the kids are happy. Like, oh, Santa's here. But then so do the cops. And the cops shoot the janitor with children, not only present, but clearly in the line of fire. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky's right behind the Santa Claus. Yeah. Hashtag all cops are bastards. Yeah. And and also they... uh, We just lost the blue demographic. They they excuse it away by going, oh, the deaf janitor never heard it coming. Yeah. And, and the cops that isn't that really, made it better, right? <laughs> the, the, the cops not even that remorseful. It's like, look, I'm sorry that it happened, but it it happened, you know. It's like, oh well, you know, you're probably gonna be suspended for this, I would imagine. Hey, though. Yeah, until that's true. Investigation is over. It'll yeah. Nice yeah, and it'll that it'll probably take a couple years. So yeah, he'll be okay. He'll be at a desk job for the rest of his life until he gets his pension. Right. I just think like Al Powell from Die Hard. I, I was just gonna say the only. <laughs> The only cop to ever really get, well, not the only cop, but he got a fair shake was Al, Al Powell. Yeah. Killing a kid. Killed a kid. And still kept his job. That's, yep. you know, listen to him. Typical. Yeah. <laughs> but this is not a political podcast, and we're just nope. going to move right along. Yeah, this <laughs> was getting heavy. Um, poor janitor, RIP. And, yep. But then that cop goes to the basement to try and find Billy, and he gets an axe to the chest, so... Um, immediate gratification in that one. Yeah, yep. karma came quick to him. Yeah. So the kids and Mother Superior lock themselves in the orphanage, knowing I guess they know for some reason that Billy's on his way. So they lock themselves in, and dumbass Andrew unlocks the door for him. <laughs> it wasn't even the brother. Yeah. Right. <laughs> some Just random dumbass kid. kid named Andrew 
this immediately unlocks it. And then Mother Superior is like, no, don't. And then <laughs> Lucy, Lucy's another girl there, and she's sassy as fuck. The side eye she gives Mother Superior is, like, classic. Like, but Miss Mother Superior, it's Santa Claus. <laughs> he just walks right in. Um, and Mother Superior tries to wish Billy out of existence, sort of like <laughs> Nancy tries to do in Night of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, everything then, about Mother Superior is just so shitty. And screaming in a room full of kids, there is no Santa Claus. <laughs> there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> That's why we that's why we hired a person as Santa Claus to come earlier. Yeah. Just so we could prove to you kids that Santa's not real and he's an affront to what you're supposed to be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Now give us back those toys. <laughs> it's it's uh not really I think Mother Superior might be one of the worst villains we've ever had on this show. She's very inconsistent. Yeah. So the cops come up, shoot Billy. Uh, right in front of a bunch of children again. <laughs> so the children have watched two people die in the span of an hour. Two Santa Clauses. <laughs> two Santa Clauses just getting just gunned down. I, w- I wonder why little Ricky is afraid of Santa Clauses. Right. <laughs> why are all these children traumatized during Christmas? If anything, Ricky should be afraid of cops. And Mother Superior. And Mother Superior. But he really doesn't, like... So that's that's my thing about it. He really doesn't have a bad relationship with Mother Superior. Not that we ever see. Yeah, I mean, it his, never seems that way. Maybe he just Billy blames does. her for losing his brother. Right, but he does have like a panic attack when he sees nuns later on in his life. And the yeah. color red. Yeah, which was like, what the fuck are you? Well, you should be afraid of Santa. Everything you've known of Santa, he has been a victim of a of a violent murder. Yeah. Uh, because when, oh when his when his parents were killed by a Santa Claus, he was a baby. He would not have right. remembered that yeah. other than what Billy told him. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I think they that's how they try to play it off is that he goes, Well, that's his, that's what Billy told me. Yeah. You know. It, that still the, makes no sense. In the psychology that this movie is trying to put forth, he should be afraid of cops. Yeah, and yeah. nuns. Yeah. Supposedly. But yeah, I mean he's never hit by a nun. Nope. We don't he, see him get hit by enough. Yeah, so yeah, just cops. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so he watches his brother die right in front of his eyes, and then he. Uh, the first movie ends with him saying "naughty" to, um, I think his mother's spear, and that's how the first movie ends. So we're all in all new territory at this point. Um, Thank God. Yeah. Doctor changes the tape over. And he mentions that the orphanage closed shortly after, and Ricky says that he got adopted by uh, the Rosenbergs as he put that stank on it. And they seem so nice. Yeah. (laughs) That was the, uh, with the the parentheses, parenthetical Rosenbergs. Yeah. It's funny, because when when he says that, I immediately thought, oh, they're going to cut back, they're going to cut to when he was a child and the Rosenbergs are probably treating him pretty poorly, mm-hmm. but they're like very nurturing and they're understanding. They're trying to figure out what's wrong with him. So I think Ricky's just a jerk in this, in this uh, sense. Oh, he's just very anti-Semitic, even though he's like, then they put me with the Rosenbergs and those people stayed far away from Christmas. Or Which is probably the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would want as a child. Yeah. And they, uh, they do, you know, they, they get, we get the effect of that it looks like uh, home movies, and he looks like he has a pretty good life. 
uh, until one day he goes out shopping with his adopted mom and he gets freaked out by some nuns. Um, and then and, the color red. And then he sees the color red and he's like immediately freaked out. Like, so he hasn't seen red since his brother got shot and killed, I guess. I guess. There's there's a, a throwaway line we were talking about before, but in that scene, there's only other than the nun or the nuns and the uh, and Ricky and his stepmother. There's one guy on the street yep. and he's wearing a shirt that says "Real Men Wear Black." <laughs> and <laughs> and it's I, an Oakland, it's an a Raiders jersey, right? A shirt. And I, and I just thought to myself, well, no one's ever thought otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> no one's right. ever said, "Oh boy, that guy's wearing black. What an idiot." Okay. It's yeah. not like it's pink, right? Right, right. He's yeah, he's not wearing sal- uh, salmon or pink or anything. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, a black shirt. Yeah, and that's a typical and, Raiders fan. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, an LA Raiders fan at that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, it's to to me, I just thought that was really out of place. Yeah, he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb too, because as mm-hmm. we mentioned off the pod, he's just like lit differently than everything else. So he just. He looks like he's the focus of the shot, but he's not. He's just the, right. he's just an extra. Right. He might not have even been an extra. He yeah, might have just been the, a random guy. He's in the foreground and he just takes up like a third of the screen. <laughs> just yeah. him. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted I wanted to know a little bit more about that guy and his outrageous wardrobe. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he had some opinions about Bo Jackson playing baseball. Yeah. <laughs> so Ricky has a, a freak out. His parents get nervous. They take him back to see sister mary mr and sister mary tells them that mother superior told assured her that he'll be fine he just has to have a stable relationship i don't know how mother superior is an authority on this sort of thing but i guess we're just taking her word for it that all he needs is a stable family um that's not far off really yeah you think about right everyone needs a stable family and more more or less according to the story um he's fine for about five years until his stepdad passes away that's right um so we get and and this is part of where the inconsistency with mother superior comes up is that she seems to be very you know traditional catholic nun everything else and i couldn't see her wanting to do that and then going back to what you said for and then ended up letting this kid uh go with you know the rosenbergs that you said yeah you know good point i didn't even think of that you know you know Mm. maybe maybe this is i did they have a throwaway line or anything that maybe this was sister mary that set it up no not mother Mm. superior i don't think so because that feels like more of a move she would make because i think she kind of understood the santa claus thing Mm -hmm. more than mother superior yeah sister mary actually has some compassion yeah she empathizes with both ricky and billy um maybe they lied on the adoption form maybe um so uh, he his stepdad passes away and now Ricky is 15 and looking a lot like Ben Shapiro. Uh, <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> I I thought he kind of looked like um a young uh, Matthew Broderick. Okay. Yeah, I 100% agree with Ant, and it's just coming <laughs> to me now that he said it. it. It's it's pretty close. Um, the actor actually playing 15 year old Ricky was 24 at the time. So. Oh, okay. Um, so his, his, uh, stepdad da- dies and, uh, after the funeral, he goes on, on a walk by himself, takes some time for himself. Uh, on his walk, he happens upon a Jeep parked in a field, a couple picnicking nearby. So he, uh, creepily, uh, hides in the brush to kind of 
eavesdrop on them. Get a little, uh, you know, a little sneak peek. Yeah, maybe he's going to watch them bone. So the dude gets drunk on Takati. Yeah. <laughs> and then tries to fuck. The woman wasn't having any of it right then and there. And uh, he tries to rape her. This movie is super pro-consent. Yeah, yeah that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Right. All right. Yeah. I just want to make sure we're on the same page yeah, here. Yeah, because for this time period, it's kind of weird to see. Yeah, because both scenarios, you know, other than the mom, you know, getting sexually assaulted and, and murdered. murdered. The other two times where we have scenes that mirror those, both scenes are scenes that start off romantically. And then the mm-hmm. woman is just not interested in it going any further, which I thought was kind of interesting in terms of uh, that great that sort of gray area but not really gray area of consent uh of yeah. where it starts and where it ends um and, this, and, and movie... this one really pushes it this scene mm-hmm. because she even said like i do want to do it but just not right now very progressive yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The the guy night, that... deadly night part two is very woke yep and they also don't paint the woman as a villain for denying not, not sex yeah absolutely that dude, the dude is the villain through and through, and he gets what's coming to him immediately. Um, he get he uh, attempts to rape her, and then he slaps the shit out of her, and then he's like, "I'm gonna get more beer, and then I'll be back." And I think he was planning to do some more, beating the shit out of her. Uh, so he goes back to the jeep um, to get more beer, and he somehow doesn't see Ricky in his jeep at all, because um, <laughs> he literally sticks his hand inside his jeep to you know check the time or something like that. Um, and then he winds up getting run over multiple times by Ricky in his truck, in his Jeep. Um, the woman sees it. It's kind of a, it's kind of a funny insert shot to just see that Jeep rolling back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, It's a red Jeep. Yep. Yeah. That's a good note, Doc. Uh, and then the woman sees, sees this happening and goes up to Ricky and just says, thank you. And then walks away. (laughs) Yeah, she was, you know, the one that survived. But the... Uh, the, guy was, the guy wasn't going to do anything after that, as far as we know. He's, he was just like, I'm going to get a beer. Yeah. I don't know. But, Again, this I is, don't know their history together, I guess. Yeah. It seemed like this guy was not mm, a good great. guy. Yeah. But that, that's yeah. what I was talking about before, the kind of juxtaposition where, you know, Billy saves the one girl in the warehouse and she flips a shit, right. which is understandable. She just watched a man get murdered. But then this woman sees the exact same thing, the exact same scenario. Yeah, and she's, she's super thankful. Yeah. yeah. The, the warehouse girl is such a snowflake. <laughs> SJW. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not liking people getting murdered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he tells this story, and this is completely news to Doc, but yeah. Doc's only takeaway is that it was a red car, which he some <laughs> for some reason writes in big, bold letters and yeah. circles in his notes i love yeah. how the doctor when he tells that that story he gets like the sweats it's like yeah. he's getting the vapors I was like, oh, oh my goodness this is outrageous <laughs> yeah. he knows he killed people right yeah, but that wasn't yeah. in his file that right. no one yeah. never knew that happened yeah and they uh and this is the moment of me and dan's probably favorite scene in this hospital room is when he just pops up next yeah. to him <laughs> and then looks at the notes and goes red car and you know good note doc <laughs> just like really <laughs> shitty the way he says it good and note saying it like doc. two feet from his face <laughs> and this kind of goes back to my earlier point where he slips in and out of being a good actor right because he's he's telling that story 
and he, he sounds very believable. He's very invested. And then it just cuts to him just popping up right next to the Doc's face. Like, good note, Doc. Like, oh, my God, this is awful. Yeah. I wonder, because I was reading the trivia on it, and they were talking about how he had planned to play it a little more um, subdued. And that I went think right was, out the window. I think the director specifically kind of had a different idea for him, and I think the writer had a different idea. Uh, it wound up what we got. So I wonder if it was like, you know, all the voiceover stuff kind of came through decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, recorded after the fact and all that kind of stuff. So it's like different different timing, different uh, uh, energy to it. Yeah, that's yeah. possible. Yeah, and maybe it was a... Uh... A thing of the the director thinking that's what crazy looks like. Right. When the way he's describing the stuff, just being very, I guess, closer to a sociopath about it. Mm-hmm. You know, where there's no emotion about anything he's talking about would have been much more creepy and scary right. than doing the, uh, you know, either Nick Cage or Al Pacino. You know, sort of like gotta start screaming. Right. So, I do want to mention because I haven't mentioned it yet. And I really needed to admit, <laughs> uh, Ricky's eyebrows in this movie. Yeah, uh, tell um, me about this because I, I was looking when you messaged me. I I couldn't see it. So, so it hit me with it. I did not realize this in the trivia, but I just noticed while he talks, his eye he does a lot of eyebrow acting, and just his eyebrows move up and down a lot to the so much to the point. The first thing in the trivia that I just opened up. Ricky's eyebrows move up and down 130 times. <laughs> Someone sat through this and counted that? Of course they did. Oh, boy. Yeah. We need to get them on this podcast. Uh, this Just this quick note uh, from kind of informing what I was just mentioning. Uh, Eric Freeman frequently received conflicting direction from director Lee Harry and co-writer Joseph H. Earl during filming. Freeman had wanted to play Ricky as a more of a cold and malevolent killer, but Harry envisioned Ricky as a more of a wisecracking killer along the lines of Freddy Krueger. While Earl encouraged Freeman to be as over the top as possible in his acting. So I think Ricky had the, uh, well, not Ricky, what's his name? Um, Eric Freeman. Eric Freeman had the right idea. You yep. play him as a bit more like cold and calculating because yeah. it, it you get almost three different, uh, I guess because there's three different takes, you get three different characters almost. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, we move on. Uh, Ricky gets older. He gets a job. He gets, yeah. he sees, uh, he sees his boss getting roughed up, roughed up by like a mafia boss or a loan shark. Uh, getting, I think it's a loan shark. Yeah. Yeah. Get the shit beaten out of him. So uh, Ricky comes to his defense, beats up the loan shark, and you know puts picks him up by the neck, puts him up against the wall, and then he takes an umbrella and stabs the guy through the chest with it. It's a cool kill. And then opens it up after the fact. Uh, again, he uh, Ricky just showing that like gorilla strength. Mm-hmm. Right, he lifts the and because this guy, the loan shark, he's a heavy guy. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, he's not like obese or anything, but he's probably like 230. Yeah. Right. He's a big dude. Yeah. And and Ricky just Undertaker, yeah. you know, throat grabs him and runs him through. It, yeah. And who who did this guy think he was messing with there? And hey, Ricky's jacked. Yeah. Ricky is super jacked. And this is like <laughs> the this is the first scene where you actually get the full the, the that full understanding of how jacked Eric 
Eric Freeman in this movie is. Right. He's wearing a plain white shirt and just his traps are huge in this shirt. He's getting those gains on. Oh, yeah. He he hits the gym, man. He doesn't doesn't miss a day. But the guy, uh, the loan shark played by Frank Novak, he's like an out of shape 50 year old. Yeah. And he's going up against this jack dude. What did you think was good? I mean, you don't think you're going to get lifted up by the neck by one hand, <laughs> but you can't imagine it's going to go well for you. He wasn't even armed. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, one that's thing pretty you, bad. That's right, pretty bad for a lone shark. You got to be right. armed. You got to be packing. Yeah, he, probably, he, he probably thought he was intimidating enough, yeah. you know, for this kid. I mean, mm. Ricky had the, the, them crazy eyes going. Yeah. yeah. He's probably 18 here. Um, yeah. So yeah. He's, he's a big 18. He's a big 18. The baby Huey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he relays that note. Another another thing the doc didn't know about. Um, but then the doc is more interested in Jennifer. He mentions the name Jennifer, and Ricky gets very quiet until he shows Ricky the actress's headshot, which is also autographed. <laughs> I saw that. Nice um, little uh, nice little memento, I guess, for the crew. Yeah. Very obviously, uh, the actress's. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Caden's uh, headshot. <laughs> so we kind of get this meet cute story, which had oh, Mark boy. laughing. Uh, how <laughs> I, Ricky... literally, I literally texted you guys. I was like, there's a fucking meet cute in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it yep. doesn't feel like the kind of movie that would have one. Right. So Ricky's uh, kind of in a parking lot with his motorcycles, getting on it until he's uh, bumped by a car and out steps a beautiful blonde by the name of Jennifer. And then they fall in love and ride around on a motorcycle, which I think is just the one time they've done that. Because all, like, they do a montage of scenes of them riding the motorcycle. And then they fuck. To be fair, she's a smoke show. She's a knockout. She's, uh, she's dummy thick. She is. And she's Hungarian. (laughs) You you know, you wouldn't think you would find one of those in uh, a Hungarian uh, woman, I guess. Yeah. I don't really know Hungarian women, though, so I should probably not say that. Yeah. Uh, anybody <laughs> listening from Hungary, welcome. Right. And if you're, you he know, be, as Anthony said, dummy thick, email he us. Be, he can he can be tweeted at Tom Schuster <laughs> on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> now I'm now I'm interested. If if you're from Hungary and you're and you're dummy thick, definitely uh, you know. Let us know. Just say yeah. hey. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> Once again, that's at Tom Schuster. <laughs> S-C-H. <laughs> I, I could just imagine Tom like, guys, I'm getting all these emails from Hungarian women. <laughs> My wife's going to leave me. <laughs> what is going on now? <laughs> just play totally, just play, play, what? I have no idea what's going on. Uh, Hungary, I, I is think, that even a place? I think the, the best part of it, this actress is I was looking over IMDb and she's like in those, uh, I, uh, are they softcore porn? Skinamax flicks, yeah. Skinamax, there's like five of them where she's like yeah. a cop. The, the uh, I don't even know. The scene where Ricky and Jennifer uh, get it on reminded me of the Dennis System episode. Oh, okay. It's always sunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you but mean no. how uh, Antonio Brown did to the Oakland Raiders? Yeah. The Dennis System. <laughs> well, the, the, the scene when... Uh, take my breath away plays and it's just yeah. the silhouettes and they just slowly <laughs> kind of like lay down on the bed. That's yeah. kind of what like they start, they start, you know, upright and then just very slowly tilt onto the bed. And 
and and <laughs> Eric Freeman does the uh, the ghost hand to Jennifer's butt. Did you right. notice that? Yeah. Like he's he's kissing her, but the the hand is just it's a couple inches away from her butt. <laughs> it sounds like someone that got told he couldn't touch her butt. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's before the scene. That's what I'm imagining. She's just like, listen, I don't want to do this, but you have to. Could you just not like grab my ass? Like, yeah. All right, fine. Yeah, he does these slow hands down the back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as, oh, at the scene, and then they cut away right before he gets to her lower back. It's it just so unnatural looking. Yeah. But it shows more restraint than like a Tommy Wiseau. True. <laughs> True. No, you need to see you need to see me grinding against your belly button. That's <laughs> so that's always a plus. Yep. Uh, so they fall in love. They fuck. Uh, Ricky mentions that this was his first time, um, and he's very not happy that this pr- might not have been her first time uh, that he mentions. So next scene, they are they wind up going to the movies. They're having a, a good time. Some idiot in the back starts acting up, making fun of, fun of Ricky for making out with his hot girlfriend, and then drops the F word. Ooh, a hard F word, too. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh... <laughs> The derogatory F word, not, yes. not uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, fuck the other one. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the, the one that's well, so bad that we have to say F word. Yeah. yeah. And then well, she it, says, well, I know we we both know that's not true. <laughs> which, which is pretty badass. Gross too. <laughs> also kind of gross. But did she, that's what she should have told those guys. Like, yeah. oh, I know that's not true. And <laughs> that just really would have shut them up. True. Right? She's got to stick up for her mans. Yeah. I, I like the um in this scene there's there's a couple good parts but I like uh, the idiot in the back the guy making all the comments and uh, the cat calls or whatever and he's kind of like at one point he's leaning over to his buddy and the camera pans with him uh-huh. so he's like oh I already know what's gonna happen he's talking to his friend and comes back this is what's gonna happen. and then the last time <laughs> it pans over Ricky's there <laughs> just I don't know he's yeah. the, the quietest dude ever he pops up all over the place right like with the doctor and then he does it to his own girlfriend too at the end of this scene right yeah. to a, to a seat I don't even think is really there yeah it's the the logistics of this whole um movie theater room is just kind of crazy like what happens to the but the dude's buddy like the guy with the mustache who just seems like not happy that his buddy's acting up yeah yeah no idea where he went uh and then like chip so uh ricky gets kind of freaked out because they the movie that they go that they're, right. they're going to see is silent night deadly night the first right. show. Yeah. Yeah. oh god he has a great reaction he he asks jennifer so w- what happens in this fi- picture again oh it's great this guy dresses up as sanning goes on a killing screen and he just goes what what <laughs> That would never happen. Right. And it, yeah, it's the, the guy who murdered his parents yep. is in the movie. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's very Inception-like. Yeah, this is uh, like a snake eating its own tail. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I love Ricky's reaction. What? Yeah. So in this, in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, Silent Night, Deadly Night is canon, which means Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 might also be canon. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> Um, so he, he kind of storms off because of the movie. Um, and when he leaves, um, some preppy douche named Chip shows up and he's got a history with Jennifer, starts talking about how he wants her back and everything like that. She's just like, I'm not, I don't like you. You, 
you cheated on me, you, you stood me up, you're you're an asshole. Um, then his girlfriend shows up, and so he leaves. As soon as he is, while they're having this conversation, uh, the uh, Ricky is dealing with the dude in the back, as uh, as Dan had mentioned, kind of that the turning, the, and then he just pops up, and then you just see them like kind of tussling in the back. Uh, we assume that he he kills him, but we don't know how, if at all. Um, it, it's it's kind of it's very cartoonish. Yeah. Right, the way he pops up, it's, like, it's like yeah. I, he might as well have just said hello, doc. And then yeah. just like beat the crap out of him. Yeah. But uh, it, did is it just me or did uh, Chip kind of look like a really really weak Lex Luger? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking I was thinking Kiefer Sutherland and Lost Boys. Okay, because yeah, he's got the whole mullet <laughs> yeah, going on. Closer. Yeah, a little bit of that, a little bit of John Cryer and Pretty in Pink. <laughs> this guy, he's a real shithead. Yeah, a real shithead with that bleach blonde hair. Yeah, um, there, he's not—he's not a good-looking guy even by like 80, 80 standards. Yeah. And he gets worse looking in the second scene. He does. And he's got yeah. that—he's got the 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 frat the frat sweater on. Yeah, he he looks uh, he he looks like he's trying to be your quintessential eighties um like uh bully. Yeah. But he looks like the kind of guy who would be bullied. Yeah, he looks like a giant dork. Yeah. He's, he's uh, trying to be Zapka. Yeah. <laughs> so next scene, Ricky and Jennifer go for a walk, and there's Chip with his Mustang. I guess he's trying to trying to start it. He's he's got jumper cables out and everything like that, and he just starts to badmouth Ricky right in front of him, even though Ricky is twice the size of him. Talking about all the times that he fucked Jennifer in the Mustang. Right. Uh, what's up with everyone picking on this giant dude? It's like that uh, that McBain movie where he undercover <laughs> nerd. Undercover nerd, <laughs> a big muscle bound nerd. There's, there's the full on Simpsons reference. There. Just more nerd yeah. me to kick. <laughs> yeah, that we got it back. There we go. Another episode, another uh, Simpsons reference. There we go. I'm late into this one, but we got yeah. it. In. But we got it. I had no side note. I had no plans of making a, a Simpsons <laughs> reference. So this is all you, Ant. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, so Ricky retaliates by grabbing Chip by the throat. And sticking the jumper cables right in his mouth, electrocuting him, and is to the point where his eyeballs pop. And yeah. Jennifer's not too happy about that. Yeah, I. Uh, go ahead, Mark. I was gonna say, I I didn't understand the from a guy that recently had the jumpers car, oh. um, the logistics of how that wasn't already electrocuting him. Right. He, yeah. You know, <laughs> but he had to turn on the device to do it. Like right. he was. <laughs> He obviously was already trying to use that chip, so it would have been had a charge through it. But I guess it was the whole thing where they wanted the shot of him turning and then cutting back and all that. But I, yeah. I got nervous. I thought you were gonna say as a as a person who had a jumper cable shoved in his mouth. Oh, uh, that's just on Tuesdays. Oh, okay. So well, oh, well today's what, Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Shh. <laughs> 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 kind of peel back the layers of this podcast a little bit. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm glad you're okay, Mark. <laughs> uh, I would probably cut down on that, but you know that's just me. But uh, th- this this scene also has another one of my favorite uh, favorite parts where I I laughed out loud was uh so Ricky kills Chip and then uh, you know uh, Jennifer freaks out and Ricky immediately turns his sight on her and he's got again he's got the crazy look and then <laughs> Jennifer just goes oh boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> and tries to make a break for it. Yeah, but... he, he rips the antenna off. Right. So, th- again, it, we go from a pretty awesome kill to a pretty shitty kill. But like, who says, oh boy. And, it, and it's that kind of like deadpan, oh boy. I, I was, I, I said it off the, off recording, but like she might as well have just gone zoinks and then just did yeah. the, uh, she like, like running in the air. Says it right into the camera too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great delivery. It's, it's great timing, but I, I just, no one in their right mind would, would, I just watched someone get killed in such a gruesome way. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so she gets strangled with the car antenna. Um, and this starts off what might be no, it's not what might be. It, it is, is the best sequence in the whole movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, forever known as Garbage Day. Starting off with a cop showing up and uh the cop is, pulls a gun on him and says, I'm gonna put some handcuffs on you, don't try any funny stuff. And just as he gets close enough, uh Ricky grabs the gun from him and just shoots him in the forehead. He the cop says the, the the cop I really hope the cop was a rookie. He walks up to him and goes, "I know how to use this thing." <laughs> and then Ricky immediately just not even quickly. He just kind of puts his hand up, grabs it, turns it and shoots yeah. him. You can see too if you go back Very and deliberately. Watch it, I think he uh, I think the actor kind of was a little early on it too cuz he his hands go up early. And then he just kind of has his hands kind of up above his, like, around his midsection, like, for okay. a beat before he actually eventually goes to grab it. So, like, he <laughs> makes the move, and he's like, oh, wait, I'm a little early. <laughs> that was the best take they had. <laughs> well, they shot it this in 10 days. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, time was of the essence. Yeah. Um, it was the only take they had. Right. <laughs> exactly. So now Ricky's got a gun. And this is where he just can't stop laughing. <laughs> I, I I don't know if you can do this, Ant. I know like I know we're usually kind of like pressed for time on these things, but if you could put in the laugh somewhere in this right. podcast, I would be eternally grateful because it is a phenomenal laugh. And we'll he say, just does it constantly. And here it is for your listeners at home. Yeah, he just starts laughing, and uh, he shoots a dude with a beer who comes out of his house. Hey, what's going on out there? And he shoots him, and then garbage day. Garbage day! Oh, man. Again, we have to put that clip in there if possible, but the line is so perfectly said. It's it's ten times better than the Troll 2 they're eating her, and then they're gonna eat me. Oh my god! It's so much better than that. Yeah. 
it, I didn't even know this existed in film. Today <laughs> was the first time I ever saw that. Oh my god, I'm so jealous of you. I've it, seen Garbage Day a bunch of times. It, it was like discovering the fountain of youth. <laughs> it is a it is such a great moment, and in context, it's so much better because I've seen like the GIF a bunch of times. I've seen just that clip, Garbage Day, boom, just. Everything leading up to it and everything that happens after it is just a masterpiece of filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where I, I don't know how many takes of that they made, but they definitely <laughs> got the right one. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, so yeah, garbage day. Some dude, some poor bastard, just putting out his nightly trash and. And Ricky comes up, yells garbage day, and shoots him. I, I would like to think that maybe his wife nagged him to bring the garbage <laughs> out. Like, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Like, no, do it now. Oh, all right. Bring a garbage day. <laughs> Blows him away. Uh, and then this, after he shoots him, Ricky laughs some more. Ha, 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 ha. And blows on the gun. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> It starts so walking good. down the street. Uh, a little girl uh, runs into him with a tricycle, but he he doesn't say naughty, and he lets her go. Because she said, excuse me. Yeah, she did. And he's yeah. like, it's okay. So he walks down the street, and then for some reason, a, a car comes down the road, and he just decides. So this is the thing. The, the moral compass is all off at this point. Like, we... I mean, I'm glad we throw it all out the window just so we could have this scene. But his brother and Ricky, up until this point, are supposed to be only killing people that are quote-unquote naughty. Right. And the, Billy knows who's naughty, supposedly. The three people he kills in this scene after he kills Jennifer and the cop, I guess, um, have done nothing. The guy coming out of the the house say, hey, what's going on? The guy with the garbage. And then the guy driving down the street. Didn't, didn't do anything. Uh, but anyway, we don't even know if it was a guy or a woman. Right, could have been anybody. But he shoot, he unloads his uh, his gun into this pickup truck, and the pickup truck does a flip off of a uh, uh, what, like kind of a a ramp of some yeah, sort. Yeah, it, it, it's oh, like a, a GTA uh, Five ramp basically. Right, it, it looked like something like maybe where a lawnmower would yeah. slide down, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um. And he still yells out, bingo! Yeah, oh god, that's another great line read. And, this movie is so quotable. Yeah. And that car flips and then explodes. But uh, as we uh, we were talking offline, if you go and watch this scene, uh, pay special attention to the car flip because the stuntman that's standing in for Ricky almost loses his head when the car flips. It gets really fucking close. Yeah. <laughs> Much closer than they anticipated. I yeah, think. Yeah, there's like you could tell he because he does like a he does like a side step of what he assumes the car is going to do. So like he does that step and then he does kind of like a pull his head out of the out of the way sort of move. Um, and luckily it doesn't look like he got hit, but man, it it gets real close. Um, eventually the cops show up um, after more laughing uh, after the car crashes. Some more. <laughs> the, the most casual killing spree in the history of film. Uh, cops show up, and at this point, he tries to commit suicide, but he shot all his bullets. And and this is the part where I said the cop should have killed him on sight, probably. Yeah. Be- because he's a cop killer. 
along the lines of you know along as well as a uh, just a regular killer. Yeah, he kills five people and and that cold is Zach. Right, and then these guys are like, don't Six do people. it. Six. It's, right, he kills uh, Jennifer, Chip, the cop, the guy running outside with the beer, garbage day, and yep. the uh, the car, the driver, yep. the uh, motorist. Yep, a lot of people in a so short they, amount of time. So they definitely would have put him down on the spot, most likely. Yeah, they probably should have. <laughs> um, so then we cut back to the um, the mental institution. And this is a pretty good reveal, I gotta yeah, say. Yeah, um, I liked it a lot. So he's he's talking to the doc and it reveals that after before he finished his story he had strangled the doctor with the audio tape um, and he escapes. You hear some uh, some commotion going on in the background. Oh my god, he got out. Yeah. <laughs> That's that security um, guard. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and we get the cops uh, bring in Sister Mary for some reason. <laughs> yeah. To kind of help with their investigation, because now she's a cop too, apparently. Yeah. Um, sister cop. Sister right. cop. I'd watch that. Uh, starring Jane Seymour. It's Jane Seymour. <laughs> um, That's a pretty good pull. <laughs> um, Ricky kills the Salvation Army Santa and takes his costume and decides to call Mother Superior to taunt her. Um, we find out the Santa's mo- back. Santa's back. Who is this? Right, it's a senile old woman. Yeah. Santa's back. Okay. And, yeah. and since we're at this part with the reveal, Mother Superior, I never knew a stroke to do that to your face. I know. I have that in my notes. So <laughs> Mother Superior, between the first movie and this movie, has had a stroke. Um, but the makeup they put on her looks like she got acid thrown in her face. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's what happens when you get a stroke. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Yeah. Is it? They, they could have easily explained it away. I think I said this a million times on this podcast with things like this, but they could have said she had her stroke and fell onto a stove or, you know, right. Just something. Anything, yeah, or really. like you don't have to make her up like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You're going to save 30 bucks right there. I, yeah. yeah. Maybe they just had leftover budget. <laughs> yeah, let's make her look weird. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's very, it's not even like unsettling. It's just like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, wait, she had a stroke. She she kind of looks like she. <laughs> I'm, I'm, she kind of looks like she took some of Bane's venom, and only <laughs> okay. a little bit yeah. of it got in there. Yeah. And a and a little bit of adobo. <laughs> a little bit of yeah. adobo, right? It looks like it looks like she's it looks like she crossed with the brundle fly. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> another one. Uh, so. Um, she turns on the Christmas parade just to shit all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Sacrilegious. Yeah. To- total, uh, total boomer move there. Shameful. Okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sacrilegious. Okay, boomer. Yeah. And then Rookie takes an axe to the front door and kicks it in. She barricades herself upstairs in one of the rooms. Uh, he tries to get in and they, they fight over, like, keeping the door open or closed or and then she starts uh, run, chase. He chases her around. He she's in a wheelchair, by the way. Um, chases this, her around the upstairs. The, this take this scene takes entirely too long. Yeah, she's but, handicapped. This really shouldn't have been a you know. It's like a six minute scene. So he chases her around upstairs. Uh, she gets to the stairs and he's about to hit her with the axe, but she falls down the stairs. Uh, manages to get into the. Uh, the downstairs wheelchair that she has um, and starts taunting him, starts saying, uh, 
you know, I basically made you and you have to listen to me. I am your mother superior. Um, and you will put down that ax and we yes. cut away. Doesn't work that well. The cop and sister Mary show up, uh, the greatest yeah. cop duo ever. It's um, defiant till the end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they walk in and they see mother superior so, sitting at the, sorry. So would, would their, would their show, would, would that have been sister and the mister? <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't know. I, I, know I, I had to, to get it out. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there, but yeah, sure. Um, uh, yeah, so they uh, they see Mother Superior sitting at the table. They go to approach her, and the head falls off. And then Ricky pops up out of nowhere and says, "Boo!" <laughs> and, right. The, the only time he says something completely different than naughty, he says "boo," <laughs> and then he gets shot by the cops uh, through the window. Uh, the cops check on Sister Mary. She wakes up to see Mother Superior's head staring back at her. She screams, and Ricky's eyes pop open with a smile on his face. And then that's the end of the movie. We do have a free, we get a freeze frame of an axe coming towards the camera. And that's about it. And then that's that's Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. I didn't think it was going to be as great as it was, and it exceeded all my expectations. Yes, the the second half did. Yeah. Uh, the the first half was a slog. Uh, a bit of a slog. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely tough to get through. But yes, this movie. Uh, I I saw a review on it, and someone said you could barely call it a movie because it's really like a full feature film. I guess it's it's yeah. not really full feature film because half of it is a retread. But the second half is. I wish it had taken place during Christmas time. Because it it's just a random day, I think. Right. And Ricky dresses up as Santa. I think it would have been cooler to kind of be like, oh, you know, it's the such and such anniversary of your brother's. Well, uh, the so killing spree. It's December twenty fourth. It is December twenty fourth. Yeah. Um, oh, is the, it? Yeah, the framing device and the day he goes to see Mother Superior and her helm. That's December twenty fourth. But, oh, like, okay. garbage day, all that kind of stuff. All his flashbacks aren't necessarily on Christmas. Gotcha. Okay. So I thought the whole thing was just taking place during a random day. Nope. Like, I, I thought maybe it was, like, in November because nope. she had the um the Thanksgiving parade on. Uh, I, I guess it was a Christmas parade. Yeah. Okay. So then I guess that just totally takes away from my critique. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it, it's very quotable. It's silly. And I don't know if they were trying to be, but I really like the over-the-top factor. Yeah. Mark, what do you think about it? Yeah, so like I said before, I was I was a lot more engaged, uh, you know, on the first half of the movie because I hadn't had really a memory of the first movie. Um, so, um, you know, I, I enjoyed the whole thing going up um, to it. I really got... It's that thing where when you're either playing video games or movies or something... Where the whole time I'm like, I know it's fake, but I really want Mother Superior to die, <laughs> and that's, that's all I kept thinking throughout the whole first, you know, the whole movie. Actually, I'm like, you know, this isn't going to be some pro-Catholic bullshit where the sister survives because she believes in Jesus or something. They <laughs> um, have to bring an awful person throughout the whole movie and basically causing the serial killers. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a fun movie. Um, I think if I recommend it to anyone, it had to be someone I know would be in this headspace 
sure. to watch it. Like I wouldn't just recommend it to anyone, you know, because to to get engaged with it, you have to sort of know what you're kind of in for. And it's uh, it, it was an interesting watch. I didn't. I think the only time I checked the time was near the end, um, just because it was you know getting close to recording time, and I wanted to see if I was going to make it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I had no reason to think it was dragging for me. Uh, what would you guys do to make this better? Uh, I think we both, or all three of us, would be in agreement. Maybe not Mark, because he said he was a little bit more yeah. into the beginning. I have a slightly different take on what you're going to say. Right. I, Anthony and I have talked about how maybe... I don't mind kind of recapping uh, the first movie to a certain point. Maybe leave it at that. Like, oh, you know, my parents were killed uh, when I was very young by a man dressed as Santa Claus. We were in the orphanage. My, my brother Billy went on a killing spree as Santa, and that's kind of like where I'm getting my uh, stigma for my, uh, you know, my uh, problems from, essentially. Uh, so I, I probably would have kept the recap to maybe like 10 minutes instead of 40. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty long time. Uh, I, I, I would have made the Christmassy theme more uh, prevalent in mm-hmm. this film because I didn't I didn't even know it was Christmas Eve. So right. I, I would have liked to have maybe because, again, it's it's based off of a Christmas horror film. So maybe make it so that you get a better sense of it. Uh, it, it would have been cool to see Ricky just portray or uh, Eric portray Ricky as the kind of cold and calculating killer because Billy is like he was really kind of like just crazy, mm-hmm. you know. But again, he wasn't over the top. So why would ricky be over the top right uh and yeah i I probably would have it's this movie's got a pretty impressive body count i'd say because are we counting the recap as well uh i guess it in this one if you're counting it as if you're looking at it as one yes if you're looking at the series you only count those deaths once okay so if we're counting it as just one movie total you're you're in double digits body count so that's not bad i mean it has all the it, it's the it has all the slasher uh like check marks you know yep. pretty cool deaths you got boobs you got blood uh yeah i mean it it, it it hits all the right marks i would say but uh yeah i would probably just make it more christmasy and cut down on the flashback gotcha yeah so i i'm basically going to jump on the same part of the movie and make it a little better is I would have liked the recap to have been a little more of just him telling it to the doctor. You know, no flashbacks of the movie. You know, just sort of him doing the exposition on it. And you could have shortened that, like you guys said, to like 10 minutes, you know, or 15 minutes, um, where maybe you just you just show flashes of, of the, uh, the, the scenes, maybe if you need to. But I think you can go through that hole and just have the subdued and get that tension between them because you can do a lot you know with two people in a room if you have if you have really good acting and directing um and i think that's something that could have worked for this it would have given me more time to sort of get ricky's you know ticks and you know personality a little bit more um than just being the storyteller mm-hmm. um like voiceover storyteller um so i would concentrate on that and make it a little more about ricky um there than than about his brother sure Uh, so and then yeah and also i would 
Um, just, just you know, straighten out the inconsistencies. Like if you you had a straight path to make Mother Superior, um, you know, a villain, even in this movie, if you didn't do the flashbacks, uh, maybe you show her and she's doing the same thing to other orphans, you know, okay. and something like that. Um, and he find and Ricky finds out about it, you know, um, you know, sort of something like that to sort of instead of just making her her only real interaction with Ricky is the end of the movie, you okay. know, in terms of 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 that. So I don't know. It was just inconsistent with, you know, a lot of things. And I would just like to tighten those up. And I think you can get a really good movie. I hate to say gritty reboot, but you could <laughs> definitely do something with that. Gotcha. Yeah. Gritty, I mean, what would you have done? I would say uh, I would take out the first 40 minutes. I don't think you need it, uh, even if it's, you know, you really don't need it. It's called Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. You, no other no other sequel has to do it, so you shouldn't have to either. Um, I would make it more um, in line sort of with, you know, you could probably just crib kind of the older Billy story arc from one and bring that over across the so like have have the the interview between the doctor and him but only go through you know what happened to him after he got out um and then maybe this being his like last day in the mental institution he's getting out or something like that so he's he's reformed or something like that and have him try and go straight and narrow and then he break for whatever reason and have him go nuts in the third act um that's how i would do it um I don't think yeah. you need, um, like I said, you don't need that first 40 minutes. Yeah, agreed. I, th- I think getting rid of that helps this movie out exponentially. Uh, I I think that's all going to be it. You guys yeah. want to plug your shit? Of course, man. That's what we live for, plugging our shit. Uh, I am daquino122 at Twitter. Uh, you could also follow our D&D podcast, Stranger Damies, at Stranger Damies on Twitter and Instagram. If you have any fan art or anything along those lines, if you're an artist, uh, feel free to submit that, and we will gladly post it on our uh, Twitter and our Instagram. Uh, other than that, no, that's it for me. Yep, and typical here. Um, I'm at Off the Mark Tweet um, on Twitter, uh, and you can uh, hear all the Stranger Damey episodes um, either on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify. And, and we're also on YouTube if you'd like to watch us, um, you know, uh, you know, do the, uh, I guess, acting would be in quotes since we're all sitting down, technically, you know, it'd be one of those more voice acting, I guess. I don't know. But either there, way, there's I a think, couple of good uh, visual yeah. cues, I would say. Yeah. So um, so that's every Wednesday. Um, like I said, just keep an eye out um, on the Twitter if you want to, you know, just click on a link there. Or you can just uh, download the podcast. It's wherever you can find good podcasts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, Mark. And we are They Called Us a Movie. You can find us at theycalledsmovie.podbean.com or in any podcast streaming app you have at They Called Us a Movie. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Main Damie or on the main website, themaindamie.com. If you want to hit us up on email, if you got a movie you want us to watch, if you got some suggestions or anything, just want to reach out. That's the main at gmail.com. Find us there. We're also part of Geek Vibes Nation, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, it's a great uh, 
podcast uh, network as well as a website. Uh, GVNation.com is the website, and uh, Geek Fives Nation you could find on any podcast streaming app uh, as well as all social media platforms. They got a bunch of other shows, as well as a few that we that we run, but uh, just about every kind of uh, hobby that you might be into, they pretty much have a show for you. Um, so that's Geek Vibes Nation. Um, and that's it. Please rate and review us on iTunes. That helps us out a great deal. I've got 30 seconds. You can just put, hey, this is great, five stars. That helps out so much. Or, or hey, this sucks, five stars. <laughs> yeah, as long as you give us those five stars, you can say whatever the fuck you want on there. Yeah. Tell, I don't care. tell your friends. Yeah. Tell your friends, and they'll two, tell two friends, and so on and so on. Uh, so that's going to wrap us up for this week. Um, we will be back next week with a brand new Christmas episode. Don't know what it's going to be, but I will surprise these guys shortly with the answer to that question. So uh, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling the director of Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, Lee Harry. Lee Harry, go fuck yourself.